0: I would like to welcome you all very warmly to this loving-kindness meditation retreat at Gaia House. And uh, just as I begin, I'd like to check that this brand-new speaker system or microphone is working. Can you hear clearly at the back? It's okay? Good. Good. So. I'd like to take a little time to speak with you about this retreat that we're entering together. My name's Yanai and I've been uh, leading retreats here and elsewhere for quite some time. And it's uh, always lovely to arrive back in the hall and uh, sort of meet a new group of faces, some of whom very familiar and uh, known over many years. And others of you are new and fresh to myself and perhaps here for the very first time or in such a situation for the very first time. And uh, so in speaking about this weekend I'd uh, like to hopefully give you a sense of what we'll be engaging in if this is something new to you and uh, hopefully also give you a framework for why we would be engaging in what we're doing. What we have here, which we call a a retreat or a a weekend retreat, we could say, is actually a very precious and wonderful opportunity. And it's it's a wonderful gift to offer to oneself, to take the time to step out of the busyness of one's life, the activities, the pressures, the stress, the demands that I'm sure you're all very familiar with, all too familiar with in fact. And to give some time to yourself, to give some time to connecting with your life, with your heart, with what is possible for you, for me, for each of us in fact as human beings. The practice of meditation is concerned with deepening, with discovering and with developing what is possible for us. Because it's very easy, I think, to live our lives somehow driven by the pressures and the demands and the stresses of the world and of the need to take care of our physical welfare, providing food and shelter and taking care of family and responsibilities we might have. And in doing so, to to miss the rather precious and profound opportunity that life offers... And so, coming to engage in spiritual practices to engage with this possibility. And on this retreat, what we'll be focusing on is the capacity and the potential we have, the natural, the innate capacity we have in our hearts and minds to connect with and to develop a sense of caring, of friendliness, of warmth, a sense of connection with others and a sensitivity to the, the vibration, to the resonance of that connection. To feel our relationship to life and to begin to orient our relationship towards one of caring, towards one of kindness. And this is something that uh, I think, is amongst the few things that human beings agree on. There aren't really many, but I think most human beings agree on the value, on the benefit and on the power of love and of kindness as something that contributes to our happiness, to our well-being, to the welfare of the world. And while, of course, we, I suspect, mostly agree with this idea, may not be quite unanimous, but uh, I suspect pretty close while we might agree with this idea or recognize this understanding as being valid and true that's not the same as necessarily being able to make it happen or knowing what it is that supports and enables us to connect with that quality of caring of kindness to open our hearts in the face of the the dangers and the pain that we encounter through life, that tends to lead us to close our hearts, to withdraw in a way as to protect ourselves, and yet, so far as we do withdraw from that capacity of kindness, of openness, from our capacity to connect with others and ourselves, we don't protect ourselves in the deepest way, because it's truly painful to not be connected to our hearts. It's truly painful to live in reactivity, in defensiveness, to not have a sense of openness in our being. And yet uh, nobody necessarily told us how to do that. And uh, although it's not as if there's a, in a way, a, an easy trick and you just sort of push a certain button and make it happen, it is something that's possible for us. And this is actually something really wonderful, that it is possible for you and for me and for all of us to live more fully with love and with kindness. And the practices we'll be engaging in on this retreat are drawn very much from the teachings of the Buddha, a human being like ourselves who lived two and a half thousand years ago, And who was concerned, as I'm sure you all are concerned, the Buddha was concerned with the question of what's truly important in life. What contributes to happiness? What is it that brings suffering, conflict and separation to an end? And this will be part of what we have the opportunity to explore on this retreat. to be able to make good use of this opportunity. There's a way in which we can all contribute, in which we do all contribute by supporting the creation of an environment of a, we could say a container that is conducive to practicing conducive to meditation conducive to opening our hearts conducive to connecting with ourselves and with each other and this is something that we need to all contribute to in order to really give it the greatest potency, the greatest transformative power. And so I'd like to speak a little about the uh, the key elements of what we all create or what we all bring and contribute to in this environment. And the first that I'd like to speak about is the environment or the quality of silence what it means to be together with each other and with ourselves in a different way that we call in this tradition being in silence. It doesn't mean that there won't be any sounds. You've probably already noticed plenty of sounds. Uh, The uh, company of the rooks and the nearby trees is certainly pretty close to guaranteed, Uh, though they may choose to depart for somewhere else. It's not that likely. You'll be hearing the sounds of my voice, you'll be hearing the sounds of each other as you move or in different ways and forms. Silence isn't about an absence of sound. Silence is about turning towards the relationship we have with ourselves and letting go of needing to so much relate to other people, to other things. And relating to other people is to a large extent something we do through words and through language. At least at the most obvious and surface level. And so by being in silence what we choose to do and what we are all asked to commit to do over this retreat is to release ourselves from the, the need and the habit of engaging with other people in the, in the way we normally do through, through words, through communication. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong or bad with talking or speaking or relating to people in this way. But what we might notice is that it occupies a lot of our energy. It creates a lot of tension at times, knowing what to say, who to speak to, what that means if I did or didn't say something right, how we get so worried about whether they like me or whether they won't. Being in silence is a way of being with oneself, and yet together with each other, where we can come to abide more in the quality of being that touches our deeper nature, And release ourselves from the it seems obsession with the surface level of words and concepts and ideas and all the sort of the busy buzzyness that can often go along with that. (coughs) So if you've come here with a friend or a partner, or if you've just got to know someone at dinner time and would like to get them to know them better, that's wonderful. But For the duration of the retreat, I would ask that you really give each and every person here the gift of silence. And likewise, give yourself that gift by refraining from engaging in speaking or communicating through notes. Or This includes the use of mobile phones, cell phones and texting and all of that. that. The whole world of words and engagement with things seems to be caught up with. The thing with cell phones is uh, it's a little bit of a hard one these days. It's almost like we're just so used to always being in contact. We don't go five minutes without, you know, if we have five or two free minutes in our life, we're, we're looking at our phones to see who's called or who's texted or who who we could contact, you know. it's so like, this is the the, uh, the modern-day indicator of, you know, some kind of engagement going on. Thumbs getting busy on cell phones. And I'd really ask you to to not do that on this retreat. Uh, We haven't yet come to the point of confiscating them when people walk through the door. And I hope we don't have to, because really it's much more useful if it comes from yourself. And in putting something down, what we receive, and we're not just doing it because of some sort of external imposition, I hope. When we put something down, whether it be the speaking or the cell phone or... We're looking for somehow to get a reflection from other people that tells me I'm okay, which is a lot of what we do when we're interacting with others. We're hoping they'll tell me I'm okay and we're afraid they're going to tell me I'm not, you know, in some subtle way. When we put that down, what we receive is, first of all, the gift of space. The space that's that's left there when we're not filling it up with that activity but also what we begin to do is feel more directly the contact with ourselves because we're not looking to contact with someone else not giving that so much importance and of course it has its place and it can be wonderful and beautiful and at the end of the retreat there'll be the opportunity again to return and engage in that way but while we're here maintaining the silence as an expression of respect for each other and for ourselves. And for those of you coming into silence for the first time, as some of you will be, to take it something like, rather than something that feels sort of like you have to hold very rigidly and tightly, more I would suggest relaxing into it. Like you might relax into a warm bath. Just, At first it might feel a little hot or a little uncomfortable. We're not used to the shift. But what is it just to relax into this group of people And yet, just simply into yourself. What would that be like? And you'll see that as we go through the retreat, it's not that we have to pretend that nobody else is there. We will encounter in our thoughts and our feelings and in our practice others. And likewise, as we move around the house and the grounds, we'll encounter others. And just finding a way to stay in a place of containment within oneself and yet acknowledging that there may be people there noticing when the heart maybe feels open or when the heart maybe doesn't feel open, maybe feels closed or maybe something in between. That so We have the opportunity to notice that, to see. And together with that quality of silence or that undertaking of silence, allowing this time to be simple, to not be too complicated. Which essentially means letting go of any other activities apart from the simple meditation practices we'll be, we'll be engaging together that I'll be giving the instructions for reflecting on and speaking about with you. And from the other activities that we need to do taking our meals, doing our work period brushing our teeth those sort of things, there's There'll be enough things to do here without needing to add anything. So for the time that you're here, again, I'd ask and really strongly um, encourage and request that you refrain from engaging in reading and writing. So if you've brought a book with you that you think might be useful, it might be useful, but or it might be entertaining if things get a little difficult or you thought, well, maybe there's not going to be much to do, I don't want to get bored. I'd really ask you very strongly to leave all that to one side. Again, what you do is you give yourself the gift of space by not adding anything to the space that's here. And likewise, in terms of keeping it simple, to not make too many demands of yourself, to not have too many expectations, and certainly not to come here with a project, whether the project may be crocheting a, a new jumper for a friend, or working and fixing, working out or fixing some particular part of yourself that you have decided you're going to sort out this weekend, whether an outer project or an inner project, I'd really encourage you to allow yourself to see what happens. There's plenty here without you having to bring something along. And if the time is right for that which you feel is important for you, it'll come. It'll be what perhaps is given some attention. But it may be that life has a a different agenda than ourselves. In fact, that's uh, probably a rather common experience, you may have noticed. And, and in here to really trust our life rather than our ideas of what life should have been or could have been. And we begin to look and see, well, what life is. And within that, what is possible within it for us rather than what should or must be. And so keeping it simple allows us to relax, allows us to begin to rest, not having expectations or agendas. Or if you have them, and of course actually who doesn't? We all probably have some expectation when we come here. But not holding too tightly onto it, not needing to measure too closely whether or not it's being fulfilled. And to see, well, what is happening? What is possible? What is true for you? And the third element of the container of, of how we come together as a community for these two days of this retreat, this weekend, is the, uh, the precepts, the ethical guidelines, that I think the managers will have mentioned to you in the uh, opening piece from one of the managers. So, right? They spoke about the precepts. So you're familiar already then with the, uh, the undertaking and the commitment to non-harming expressed through those five precepts. Understanding that if we live in this world our own well-being and safety is deeply precious to us. How we don't wish to be harmed or attacked. How we don't wish our material possessions to be misused or taken. How we don't want to be disrespected or misused in different modes of relating. Undertaking in the same spirit the commitment to not causing harm to others so far as we're able, refraining from harming or taking life, refraining from misusing or taking that which is not ours and not offered to us, refraining from harmful expressions of sexuality, which in the context of the retreat means refraining from intentional sexual activity, giving yourself the space to be with yourself, not needing to focus on others in this time. Refraining from harmful expressions of speech, which in the context of the retreat, for the most part, is to support the silence. And when there may be some opportunity for speaking, to speak what seems to be true, what seems to be useful. And refraining from the use of alcohol, intoxicants, or substances that we might use to, to cloud or to alter or to manipulate the mind. To really respect the quality, the natural quality of consciousness and not to seek to uh, dull or soften it through the use of intoxicants or drugs. And yet if you're using um, sort of medicine or drugs for medical purposes then of course uh, please continue to use such things as you need to support your well-being in that regard. But this whole intention with regard to the precepts is to create an environment of of safety, of trust. A place where we can allow ourselves to relax. Not just because we recognize and we know that each other person here has made the same commitment to protecting the welfare of all of us. We can relax when we feel safe around ourselves, that other people are, are caring, are gentle, are considerate like ourselves, but equally we relax in making that commitment to ourselves that we don't wish and we don't intend to harm another so far as we can. Not expecting ourselves to be perfect. Perfection doesn't exist in this. But that our intention is this. Because perhaps we understand and if not we may have opportunity to understand over these days that our own happiness is profoundly affected by the basis of our actions, the intentions from which we act. And so far as we act from an intention to cause harm to others, it actually causes us suffering. It can cause suffering to others as well. But I think we mostly know this. This isn't news. I can't imagine that you're here without having taken some time to reflect upon your lives. One doesn't just somehow... Accidentally sort of get on a bus and turn up in Ogwell and say, oh, I think I'll pop in for a weekend to this place. It looks interesting. I imagine you've reflected about these things. You've probably noticed. You're probably quite aware of the amount of suffering that's involved when we want to hurt someone or when we simply don't care about the effect of our actions. One thing that the Buddha pointed to very clearly and very directly is that so far as we act, out of a disregard of others' well-being, or out of the actual intention and the wish to cause them harm. This will cause our suffering. And so, making the intention to not do so, so far as one is able, is an expression of caring for our own well-being, as well as the welfare of others. And yet we can see how difficult that is for us. We might recognize the importance and the power of kindness, the pain and the suffering that can be caused by anger and reactivity, by harshness, by cruelty. And yet all of us, I'm sure, each of you, certainly myself, we know how at times we can be caught, we can be carried away by our reactivity, by our fear, by our pain, by our outrage our feelings sometimes of justifiable anger, into acting in ways that are harmful, acting out of anger or cruelty and hurting others, or hurting ourselves, and how deeply painful that is. So from the establishment of that intention towards non-harming, quite naturally then we might turn our attention to from refraining from causing harm, to cultivating a sense of caring, cultivating a sense of well-wishing, establishing ourself in a, in a quality or a capacity of our heart that would naturally seek to increase or enhance or support the well-being of others and ourselves. And it is this quality that we speak of as loving-kindness or metta, It's the word used in the language the Buddha's teachings were recorded in, in Pali, metta, loving kindness, a sense of friendliness and caring. And it's this that we'll be focusing on over this weekend. We'll be practicing a form and a a way of meditation that allows us to connect with and deepen this quality. And so perhaps you could just take a moment now to reflect, just to notice or let yourself be in touch with your own sense of what that means for you. What does kindness mean for you in your life? Caring or friendliness or warmth, a sense of tenderness or connection with others or with yourself. Just noticing what it evokes for you as I invite you to reflect in this way. What does the word bring up when I say kindness? Friendliness? Love? You might notice some of those words are more resonant for you. Others maybe less so. But just see if you can sense for yourself, if you can connect with what it is that is important to you in this quality in what this word represents. So that it's not so much an idea at this point, allowing yourself to perhaps come into your body a little and sense what you feel, sense what it's like, just to reflect on the place of kindness, of love, of friendliness in your life just where you are right now with this. And it might be there's not much response. That's okay. It might be there's a sense of appreciation at the presence of kindness and love in your life, in yourself and in others. It could be that there may be a sense of longing for more, maybe from others, maybe from yourself. It could be that there's a sense of Tenderness, or painfulness or maybe even grief around the absence or the lack or the limitation of our experience in this quality in ourselves or in others. And all of that is, is part of the territory that we'll begin to explore. So don't feel you have to know where you are with it. Just notice what's there. Notice what it's like for you. To begin to reflect upon this and to reflect upon how your life might be different, how this world might be different if there was more love, more kindness, more friendliness in it. It's not that hard to begin to sense that whether we feel it already present in our life substantially or Not so much, that making more, bringing more of this into our life, into our heart, would be something beneficial, would be something wholesome, would be something in fact beautiful and precious. And it's this that we will be doing over these days. So, in this practice that we'll be engaging in, metta meditation, what we do is we begin to explore what it's like to consciously and intentionally turn our heart and our mind towards that sense of caring and kindness and find a way to extend and to express that capacity of our heart. What we can see in life is that that which we give attention to becomes a greater part of our life. That which we give support to becomes stronger in our life. That which we nourish grows. This is the nature of life. If we nourish anger, resentment, frustration, a sense of uh, dissatisfaction, if we spend our time dwelling upon this, then these feelings become stronger, these experiences become more powerful. This is something we can see as we observe our minds and our lives. If we spend time reflecting on or cultivating a sense of caring or kindness, cultivating a quality of acceptance, of gentleness, of friendliness, then this is something that becomes stronger, more powerful in our lives. And it can be that probably for many of us, maybe all of us, we may not have spent most of our life trying to notice which of these two we were cultivating. We might have spent a lot of our life rather unconscious about it, in fact. At least until we came in contact with spiritual teachings that maybe pointed us to this. And so... It's important to begin with a sense of not expecting yourself to be other than where you are. If you find that what we engage in is difficult, what's suggested is challenging for you, to allow that to be okay. And yet to trust if you can. Hopefully you'll have the basis for that trust in your own experience. If not already, then through what happens here but to begin to trust that we can turn our heart towards that which we wish to bring more into our lives and we can begin to release ourselves from the grip the entanglement of that which causes suffering and pain And so the two qualities that we'll be focusing on to develop and to strengthen that the Buddha spoke of again and again as being important and precious and powerful in transforming a life, in transforming a world, the quality of simple connection, of just being in touch with where we are right now, which really is the place from which all spiritual practice arises, from which all transformative work is born, being in contact with where we are. And from that sense of contact, and knowing where we are so far as we can, simply contacting where we are, turning our attention, our aspiration, and our intention towards kindness and well-wishing. This is really what we'll be doing. And there are certain tools that we'll use to support this. But it's helpful, I think, important in fact, to understand that this is what it's about. It's not about somehow getting it perfect or doing it right or producing some kind of results or sort of getting some kind of certificate that you can take home and show your friends at the end that says, I did it, I got there. That sort of thing really isn't that useful in, in the final analysis. The very movement to turn towards something is itself powerful and that it symbolizes our recognition of what's important. What we make important in our lives is perhaps the most, maybe the only really significant choice we have to make in life. What do we truly value? And what do we give our energy to? What do we give our time to? What do we give our life to? Because in the end, as has been commented, you know, one is unlikely to lie on one's deathbed wishing I had spent more time in the office. it's like, what's important for us? To give ourselves as fully as we can to that is what spiritual practice asks us to do. So in this practice, what we do, the way we practice, and the way I'll, I'll be giving further instruction for this, but there's two or three different components. The first component, as I said, it's to come into contact, to know where you are, to release yourself from the habit of thinking about the past and the future, of being lost in stories about where we've come from or where we're going and what happened along the way. To not make too much of all of that for this time. But more to let yourself be where you are. And one thing that's really useful for doing that is your body. Because your body, unlike your mind, is always right here. The mind, it seems, can move in many directions and sometimes with remarkable, if not startling, speed. Whereas the body's always here. So I just invite you for a moment to take a a few moments to sense your body. What does it feel like, just sitting here as it is? What's it like to be in contact with it? Is it something you can actually feel right now, what it's like? It may be that it doesn't feel like anything at all. And if you don't have much of a sense of contact with your body, take one or two hands and put them in contact with your body so you notice what that's like. Wherever you might feel, you might want to touch your belly or your chest or your your legs or you might just notice where your hands are in contact with each other. Just feel your body. What's it like? See if you could have a bring a quality of friendliness to this body. Just just for a moment now. What the Buddha recognised that what allows us to open our hearts is a sense of appreciation of the goodness of something or someone. Noticing what's positive, what's wholesome, what's beneficial in you know, it. It can be very easy for us to be tuned in to what isn't as we wish it to be. What's not right, what's not perfect, what needs to be fixed. And there's usually plenty of opportunity for spotting things that could be better than they are. In the practice of loving kindness, we're invited to notice, well, what's actually wholesome? What's actually good? What do we appreciate in someone? What do we appreciate in ourselves? What do we appreciate in our bodies? We might say at this first point of just coming into contact with the body, feeling yourself here. And if you find when I ask that you get a blank response, that's okay. But just notice that. What does that mean? Do we not appreciate the fact that without our bodies we couldn't be sitting here? We couldn't be listening. We wouldn't have been able to have any supper. Simple things. We just take them for granted. For all their limitations, these bodies are remarkable. We're incredibly fortunate. I have one. Without them, we couldn't practice. But just a sense of inhabiting your body, what's that like? Take your attention into your body a little deeper and feel your breathing for a moment. What's it like to feel your breathing? Don't Try and force it or make it be in any particular way, but just notice what it's like to be breathing. And see if you can just relax. And in relaxing, let yourself feel the breathing as it's moving in the chest area, moving in the heart region, the heart center. Notice what that's like, if you can feel that experience, the breathing that moves through your chest. It's what it's like to feel the the chest as it expands and contracts. You might feel the contact of your clothes with the skin as they move together or apart. Again, if you can't really feel this, perhaps if you're new to meditation, you might find it useful to place your hand on the chest. Allow yourself to be sitting reasonably upright so that you're not leaning forward and sort of collapsing over your chest. So the belly is open and the chest is open. And again, if you can't feel anything too much, take a deeper breath or two. Just feel the breath as it moves through your heart, <coughs> through the heart center, the region in the middle of your chest. And seeing if you can allow there to be a quality of warmth and friendliness in the way you feel this experience, in the way you come to meet it. Again, just taking a moment maybe to appreciate this breath, this breathing. It's keeping us alive moment by moment. This body that breathes. And in this region of the heart, this heart that pumps the blood around our body. Not that we feel it specifically as a heart, maybe, or maybe not. But just sensing what is it to appreciate this body that's keeping you alive right now. And noticing what it feels like in that region. It may be that it feels quite warm or soft or tender. It may be that it feels hard or tight or sharp or cool or cold even or maybe it doesn't feel anything at all it seems whatever you notice please let that be okay it doesn't have to be any particular way but allow the attention you give to it to be kind and friendly see if you can just allow your breath to be And in doing this, see if you can connect with a sense of caring or friendliness. In the practice of loving-kindness meditation, what we do is simply seek to connect with a sense of caring and friendliness and express it, extend it to another or to ourselves, or to all beings. And this is a practice in which we are advised and encouraged to begin where it's most easy. Begin where it's not a struggle, where it feels natural. With someone or some being that we'd really like to express a sense of caring for, that we naturally feel a sense of openness or friendliness towards. So just seeing as you sit here, breathing, through the chest, through the heart, see if someone comes to mind, someone that you care for, someone that you love, or that you perhaps have deep gratitude for, who's cared for you or helped you, or someone that when you bring them to mind just brings a smile to your face. doesn't even have to be a human person, maybe a, a beloved pet, or some other creature, or it can even be a, uh, a favorite cuddly toy. Just notice what brings a sense of warmth or friendliness, of caring, to see who it might be that you might like to just spend a few moments with just now. Opening your heart to. And just noticing or remembering what it is about this being, this person. That you care for, that you appreciate. What is the positive qualities? Or the the goodness that you can recognize in this being. That allows you to open to them. And it doesn't have to be anything special. It might be quite simple, quite ordinary. But just taking a moment to see if you can connect with a sense of caring, of friendliness for this person. And in this practice, the way we practice is by using phrases to wish well. And so I'll be speaking more about this. But just for now, you can just use these phrases very simply and take a moment to wish well for this personal being you've brought to mind. As if you were just wishing for their happiness, you might say, May you be happy. And just seeing if you could offer that to them as an offering. May you be peaceful. may you be free from suffering. If that was a gift you could offer this being to just offer it in this way. taking a moment to turn your attention to yourself. See if you can feel your own wish for happiness. We all deeply yearn for happiness, for peace. This is something all beings share, and we know in ourselves and our hearts this longing, taking a moment to just wish yourself happiness. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be free from suffering. Noticing what it's like as you do that. Noticing whether that touches you or noticing if it doesn't. That's okay. And then bringing your attention again into the heart. Taking a few breaths. Breathing through the heart center. We've been sitting for quite some time, so what I'd like to invite you to do—staying with the sense of connection, so far as you can, with your body, with a sense—a simple sense of caring or friendliness, so far as you can—and you don't have to, but if you'd like to, what I'd invite you to do is to very slowly and gently stand up. just take a moment to to move your body a little. What would it be in an expression of friendliness, of kindness to your body right now? What would your body like? You might have some vision of a very comfortable mattress arising. It's not so far away from that, but uh, what would your body like? What would be sort of friendly or pleasurable or kind? I mean, see for yourself what comes. It's okay to To bend, to stretch, to move a little bit. Flex your body. Contact your body. Contact yourself. might be that simply sitting still is what would be kind. That's fine too. Maybe your body's really at ease and enjoying that sitting posture. But likewise standing up, what's it like just to feel contact? Notice if there's any sense of relief or release from the sitting. It can be hard to sit still sometimes. It's a challenge. It's okay in this practice to change your posture if you need to. I'll hopefully remember to say that more than once. But uh, you don't have to remain somehow immobile and unmoving. But there's something useful about being steady. And so just now, taking a moment as you're standing, to again, or sitting as you are, Again bring to mind, you might just let the (laughs) movements come to stillness and then just bring to mind this person that you were first thinking of someone who you maybe care for who touches your heart or who has been a precious being in your life and take a moment to wish them well as if you could with your heart reach out to them and say be happy. May you be happy. As if we could give them the gift of being peaceful. We can't do this for anyone else, but we could wish that for them as an expression of kindness. May you be peaceful. And again, we can't take away someone's suffering. But we could wish for the ending of their suffering because we care for them. And so again wishing this person may you be free from suffering. And just noticing what that's like. Coming into your body again to feel your heart. Again, if you can't really contact that region, it's fine to bring your hand up there and just let yourself sense that part of your body to help you make contact with it. Let your hand be kind of soft and open, not sort of pointy or pokey or proddy, but just contact. If that's useful for you, you don't have to. And just taking a few breaths, standing up here, breathing in. Again, just breathe in deeply and as you breathe out, just ah, like just allowing yourself to relax, to soften into being here with yourself, with your body, in contact with your heart. Ah, And then, just stay here again as you stand, bringing yourself To mind, as it were, to allow yourself to feel, to contact your own wish for happiness. How deeply we all wish for happiness. And if you could make it happen by snapping your fingers that you were happy for the rest of your life, wouldn't you do that? Would you have to think about it? Now it doesn't mean that we can by snapping our fingers make ourselves happy for the rest of our lives. But we could wish that for ourselves. And feel free if you want to sit down if that's been enough standing for you you can return to the sitting posture. But just taking a moment whether sitting or standing to to wish yourself well. And it's okay to be sitting or standing not One isn't right or wrong. Just see what works for you, just for now. May I be happy? May I be peaceful? Repeating the phrase to yourself offering it to yourself as a gift of kindness may i be free from suffering and again may i be happy May I be peaceful. May I be free from suffering. And so perhaps you can return again to sitting down now. Sitting down again, just being in contact with your body, seeing if you can do what you do with a sense of friendliness towards yourself and it 's not that you somehow have to artificially force yourself to be friendly if you're not feeling particularly friendly it 's more to do with the quality of allowing there's an immense friendliness in simply allowing yourself to be as you are and where you are, and letting that be okay. Not putting pressure on yourself or on your experience is one of the most powerful expressions of kindness and friendliness that we can discover. And at the same time having the intention, and this really is at the heart of what we'll be doing, the intention to see what's possible in terms of friendliness, in terms of kindness. To what extent can I connect with this right now, right here, in the midst of all of this, whatever that might be, for you? Because sometimes we might feel it quite natural and easy to feel friendly and warm and kind. Other times it may feel like the the last thing that's possible. And yet if we can meet that place too, with a sense of accepting and allowing, we can begin to open in that very place rather than somehow feeling that those places where we're closed or reactive are in the way. And this is something we'll return to. I'm aware that for many of you, you've had perhaps long journeys and full weeks and you're arriving here perhaps feeling tired. So uh, I won't keep you up much longer. But what I'd like to invite you to do, if you have the, the space, the time, as you do what you need to do this evening, in terms of maybe unpacking or settling into your room, if you haven't already, and uh, getting ready for the evening's rest, just see if you can turn your attention towards that sense of kindness, noticing when it's there and when it's not. Seeing if there can be a, a sense of caring for or well-wishing that you can contact. And just coming back to that again and again. The the way the practice The way loving-kindness practice works is that we simply keep coming back to an intention to wish well, an intention to connect with caring. That doesn't mean we always are in that place, but the intention is, it's like facing in a certain direction. No matter where we are, we can keep turning towards the sun. We can keep turning towards the light. We can keep turning towards that which we've said and have chosen to be that which is important. And for this weekend I think by coming here there's a certain way in which we've all recognized that and said yes I want to make this important to support the importance that this has. So in terms of the the time that we have together. We'll mostly be engaged in uh, practices of meditation, similar to what we've just done. I'll be giving some further and more detailed instruction for that tomorrow morning, but not so different than what we've been doing. And uh, we'll be practicing sitting and walking, context and standing also, if we wish simply turning our heart in this way and seeing what happens as you do that. We'll wake up tomorrow morning at 6.30, which is, uh, in the context of meditation practice, as probably many of you know, uh, though some of you might think, uh, gosh, that's rather early, isn't it, on a Saturday morning. Um, Waking up at 6.30 counts as really having a good long lie-in. So uh, I'd like you to think of it as something rather quite fortunate. uh, And, uh, you know, traditionally in this... uh, Sort of the uh, monastic context from where these practices uh, sort of have been maintained and transmitted over the centuries. Uh, getting up at probably about four o'clock is, you know, it's pretty standard. Really, if you're keen, you might get up at three, and if you were sleeping in, you know, maybe five o'clock. So six thirty is actually not too bad. And uh, we will have a sitting together at seven. So uh, if you really have had a full or um, particularly busy week, and feel the need to take a little extra rest tomorrow morning. That's okay. Um, And uh, you can uh, make your first appearance for breakfast if you wish, but it's a short weekend. Although it might seem like it's a long time stretching forward in front of you in one sense, and it is. it's plenty of time today, tomorrow, Sunday. In another way, it's also not such a great amount of time, and to really check in with yourself what would serve you. And uh, to begin tomorrow morning uh, with a sense of, again, supporting that which is important. And if what's most important is a little extra rest, that's okay. You'll have the opportunity to get up at uh, 6.30 the following morning as well. So you won't miss out entirely on the experience. But uh, for most of you, I imagine it's uh, quite doable to get up at 6.30. And uh, come along at 7 o'clock for a 30-minute sitting. Then we'll have breakfast at 7.30, and uh, that's followed by the work period um, from 8.15 to 9.15. And then at 9.30 we'll come again for uh, another (coughs) sitting. And at that time I'll be giving quite some full and further instructions for the meditation practice. Tomorrow morning before breakfast I'll just uh, again give very simple and brief instructions as I did this evening. Just as a reminder for those of you who are new to the practice, and uh, during the day tomorrow and also on Sunday, I'll uh, take some time for questions and some discussion, and uh, we'll be meeting with uh, with you in some uh, groups of a sort of a smaller number, maybe around a dozen. And with regard to that, it's really important that I have all of your registration and interview form, particularly your interview forms, which is the form in which you filled out about your meditation experience and various other questions that uh, just give me a bit of a sense of where you're coming from. And so if any of you haven't actually completed the form and given it to the managers, then it's... Important that you do that because otherwise I won't actually have a record of you being here and won't then know where to um, put you into that uh, schedule for meetings. And so please do attend to that this evening in order that I can uh, organise it tomorrow morning. That would be much appreciated. If you didn't fill in the form and uh, if, if you don't have a form then you should be able to get one from the managers but I guess you all have one. And uh, hopefully most of you have already done this, so it's uh, irrelevant to most of you. Um. And this evening, if you'd like to go for a little walk, if you haven't already, just to get a sense of the grounds, rather beautiful at this time of year, and in fact uh, pretty much all times of year, but uh, very very lush and full. Get a sense of uh, where the corridors lead. It may take a little while to figure out which way you have to go to get from A to B and uh, all of that, so you have a sense of some familiarity, some arriving. If you want to enjoy a, a hot drink in the uh, in the lounge or the dining room or out in the grounds this evening, please feel very free and welcome to do so. When we are uh, finishing here, the retreat will have begun, and so we will all be in silence and uh, would ask you to really support that right from the beginning. If there's any business or anything else that you need to attend to, if you haven't uh, let your those near and dear know that you're away this weekend and not going to be responding to uh, text messages or whatever else, or if you need to make just one more phone call to tidy up some final business, again, do that this evening so that when we begin tomorrow morning, the space is open, the space is empty, and really you give yourself... As great an opportunity to receive this retreat and all it can offer you. So I think that's most of what I wanted to say this evening. Does anyone have any questions with regard to practical aspect of things at this time? Okay, that's good. Uh, Can I check, actually, I have a question now. When I stood up, could you still hear me with the speakers, or was it just my voice? Was it still picking it up on the mic? Okay, that's good. That's great, in fact. Uh, hmm. So, see what you feel moved to do this evening. If you'd like to pick up that sense of uh, well-wishing that I've suggested already and those of you who have done this practice before then really uh, my strong encouragement to you to really begin and continue with this practice from from this evening just uh, gently turning towards that intention of well-wishing see if you feel more moved to do it for someone who you care for and, and keep it with someone who it's really easy for you don't start thinking you need to work on someone difficult at this point I'll say more about that but it's really Appropriate and right to start where it's easy, whether it be someone else or whether it be yourself. Just notice what you feel moved to do. And if and when you remember, just take a moment. To, it's like turning and smiling inwardly towards that person or yourself and wishing them well. And uh, just letting that spirit be there for you as you do what you do this evening and in the morning. And then when we uh, gather together at uh, seven in the morning, Again, I'll just uh, repeat the instructions in terms of uh, bringing someone to mind, yourself or someone else, and working with the phrases. You might also notice this evening if there's some particular phrases that you connect with that may not be what I've said, because what's important is what you connect with, what, what feels meaningful for you, what you would like to wish for yourself, what you feel moved to wish for another. To see what might come for you there. What it is that you yearn for. Just having a sense of that. Allowing yourself that possibility. But not making too much of a project of it. So being kind of gentle with yourself as as you go through this. so just in conclusion I'd like to wish you all well for this evening and for this retreat I'd like to uh, thank you for 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 simply coming along and uh, for the care and the interest that brings you here and I'd like to uh, extend my my wish and my hope that this time truly contributes to your own welfare your well-being to the deepening of your hearts and the deepening of love and kindness, not just for our own well-being, but for the welfare of all beings. And this is really the hope and the aspiration of, of this practice and what we'll be doing here. So rest well, and uh, we'll meet again tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you for listening.